And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherein He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the hopeless situation of man and the only hope that there is is that God would intervene. And outside of His intervention, there is no hope. No hope for me, no hope for my family, your family, no hope for anyone but that God would intervene. And as we thought about that last week, you know, but God did. But God, what's going to happen here? There's going to be, thank God, a reversal of the situation. With God's intervention, there's going to be a reversal of the situation that man is in. By his own nature, by the devil, by the draw of the world, man is in a hopeless situation by his fall that came through the fall of Adam, man has no hope or help for himself whatsoever. But God. So the Lord stepped into the situation, and we might look at that and we say, well, God sent His Son. That was the plan before the foundation of the world. We realize it and see it in time. But God who is rich in mercy. So this overabounding, abundant, exceeding, exceeding compassion and pity, not only that, but He says His great love wherein He loved us, His love was the very reason that He had pity on us. His love for His creation, His love for man, His love for mankind, that's the only reason that God brought His Son to this world is because of the great love that He had for us. And with this love, He says, but God who is rich in mercy, so this compassion, this pity, His great love, for His great love wherein He loved us, so this great love is the reason, it's the very reason that God had pity on us. Because of His love for mankind, if God hadn't have loved us like He did, all He would have to have done was just leave us to ourselves without sending Jesus, and also after sending Jesus, without His intervention in the individual life, we would continue on down that road of sin and rebellion and where would we go? 
we would end up in the wrath of God. This love turned away the wrath of God because of God's great love. He had pity upon us who were hopeless, who had no hope, but God who is rich in mercy. For His great love wherewith He loved us, even... So what was our condition? By this Word of God, even when we were dead, even when we were dead in sins. So in Romans chapter number 5, Paul says this, But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners... So what condition is a sinner in? He's dead, isn't he? So again, what can the dead do? The dead are unable to do anything of themselves. Unable to do anything for themselves. But God had mercy and His great love, the love that caused Him to have pity upon us while we were yet sinners. Not that we got good enough. Not that we did something to merit. But by grace. By grace for for His great love where we were yet without strength and due time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly? Yes. Yes. But God commendeth His love. God proved His love. He exhibited His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, while we were dead, depraved, with no hope, were absolutely hopeless. God commended and exhibited and proved His love toward us that we could be brought into the family of God. So before your salvation, God loved you. And you know, there's, uh, there is what's said that God loves everybody. Well, I'd say this, that the Bible said that God loved Jacob and he hated Esau. The Bible does say that, doesn't it? The Bible said that he loved Israel and knew them when he didn't know anybody else. What a love that he showed toward those that He intended on saving. And you might say, well, He intended to save everybody. Well, I believe if God intended to save everybody, then those people down in Sodom and Gomorrah could be saved. Those people that died during the flood could have been saved. All of those people that were destroyed down in Egypt could have been saved. All the ites that He told Israel to kill. If God intends, can He carry out? Does He carry out? But He commendeth His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So before our salvation, God showed compassion toward us. He tells us in Romans chapter number 3, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace. So we've come short. There's no way that we can earn it, merit it, come around, come to it. But God commended His love. 
And I believe here in the third chapter of Romans, we can see God put not only love, but grace, justice, and righteousness on display. God displayed every bit of it in crucifying His Son. In the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, God exhibited His love. God propitiated, God satisfied the sin debt. God satisfied the sin debt that I owed, that you owed, that every man, woman, boy, or girl ever owed that will ever come to salvation and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid for their sin. And honestly, He was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So before the world ever was, in the mind of God, in the mind of the Trinity, Jesus Christ died for the elect. Jesus Christ died for His sheep. Jesus died for those that would believe. But He says in, in uh, Romans chapter number 3, that we had all sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the price was paid. Why? Because of the love of God. Because God so loved the world. Because God, if you're saved, God so loved you that He had mercy upon you. You know, there was no reason for Him to have mercy on me. No reason for God to have mercy upon you. But He did because of His great love wherein He loved us. Who have set forth so again to exhibit as He commended His love in chapter number 5. The Bible said in chapter number 3, who God set forth to be a propitiation, an atonement through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. So all of my sins and your sins, when Jesus died, you know, none of us that are here. We were all future, weren't we? Did He die for my sins, though He died in 33 AD? Did He die for my sins? He died for my sins. He died for your sins. If you're saved today, He paid the price. But He says this, whom God has set forth as a propitiation, as an atonement, or as a satisfaction. Uh, the word is also the same word used as mercy seat. So God covered the law for man. God covered over what was written and placed in the Ark of the Covenant. God covered that over through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So this love... To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier. So the only other way that God can be just outside of you and I being brought into the family of God, us being quickened by the work of the Holy Spirit, the only other way that God can be just other than you and I having faith in Christ for God to send a man to hell forever. Preacher, that don't sound just. That's the only other way. There's no other way to be just. For God to be just. Does God have to judge every sin? 
those people that are in hell. What is God doing there? Why, why are they there? Would you say that they are, not that it will ever be done, are they paying for their sin? Are they receiving the wages of sin? So the only way for someone to be saved and be brought into the family of God is through the justification that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, God so loved us while we were yet sinners that He sent His Son to die for us. And He hath quickened us who were dead. You know, it's ever been a work of God whether it's God the Son who died on the cross, God the Father through the operation that He raised Him from the dead, or God the Spirit who spoke to me and spoke to you and drew us unto Himself, it's ever bit the work of God. Man is hopeless in verses 1, 2, and 3. But in verse number 4, God come into the scene. God stepped into my hopeless and helpless situation and God did a work through and by God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and brought me to a place of salvation. You know, me being dead in trespasses and sin, uh, the the only thing, all of my nature, all of the law, all of the justice of God is is against me. Nature's against me. The devil's against me. The law is against me. The wrath of God is against me. But thank God that, but God, but for the love of God, the love of God caused Jesus Christ, God the Father, to have pity and send Jesus Christ. So everything in nature, everything within me, the devil, the world, everything called for justice and did not call for mercy, right? Was there anything within us that called for mercy? There was nothing within us. But the love of God brought mercy to us. The love of God brought mercy So God has set forth a propitiation whom God has set forth to be a propitiation of Jesus Christ to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say unto thee at this time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in Jesus. So God can be just in justifying you if your faith is in the work of Jesus Christ. No other way that you can be just but through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say, even He loved us even when we were dead in sins. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. So do you see that this is a work already done? He hath quickened us. You who were dead, 
You who were dead, you who had no hope, you who were walking down the road of sin, you who were going down that road of rebellion, you who by nature were the children of wrath, but God who is rich in mercy, wherein He loved us, even when we were dead in sin. Now who is He talking to? He's talking to the Ephesians. He's talking to Ephesians that have got faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been raised from the dead. This is a finished work. It's not this is a work that has to be done or needs to be done. I realize this, there is a resurrection of the body, but we weren't dead in body. We were dead in spirit. We were dead in soul. We were dead toward God. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. And when Christ got up, when Christ got up, In the mind of God, in chapter number 1, there's no question about it, Paul is showing us what happened in time that God Almighty, you and I come to faith through the Gospel, through the Word of God, through the drawing of the Holy Spirit, through the belief of the truth, through the mercy and the pity of God by His love. God hath, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. That means to make one alive together. When? When were we made alive? In the mind of God, folks, the Lamb's book of life was written before the foundation of the world. Right? That's what the book says. So in the mind of God, you that are saved... God gets all the credit for you being saved. A work of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But God quickened you when we were yet dead. Now look, how, how, how did that happen? When Christ got up. And again, I say this, and I, I, it's real easy to see, but maybe not easy to agree with or to get a hold of. But Christ is the head. He's the head of the church, isn't He? And you and I are the body of the church. Do you think that Jesus Christ got up, raised from the dead, without a body? He wasn't raised without a body, was He? Did God promise Him a body? You know, according to what Joseph mentioned Wednesday night, he loved us like he loved his own son. He tells me in Jeremiah chapter 31, I believe it is, that he loved us with an everlasting love. So when Jesus Christ got up, did the body get up with him? Was God the Father pleased with the work that Jesus did? And through and by the work of Christ, there was a body that got up with Him. Did God see a finished work? Did Christ see a finished payment? Did Christ see a ransom? Did Christ see prisoners released? Did Christ see the devil take... Did He see the devil disarmed and you and I brought out of Him? He did when Christ got up. He saw the devil disarmed and you and I delivered from the hand of the devil when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You were quickened as well. 
made alive together, made alive with, made alive together with Him. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, verse 6, hath raised us up together. So He made us alive. You know, if He had not made me alive, if there had not been a work of regeneration, I would have remained in my dead state. I would have remained in that state of deadness, never moved toward God. I believe, I believe this for me. I won't say for you, but I believe we've got Bible to back it up. Through and by the regeneration, the work of God... He made me aware that I was dead to God. I was never ever aware of that before. Never made aware until there was a quickening. And you know, I never wanted a Savior until there was a quickening. But when there was a quickening, God made me aware that the law was against me. God was against me. My nature was against me. I was in the clutches of Satan. I was under the hand of the strong man. And the only hope that I had is to put my faith and trust in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only hope that I had. And I wanted to escape hell. He says in Romans... Chapter 5, the last two verses. Moreover, the law entered. And you know that word means where it says entered, it means to come alongside privately or stealthily. It come along, the same word is used in the book of Galatians, chapter number 2 and verse number 4. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 4, he says it like this. And because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privately. You know, I realize that the law that Paul can be talking about is the law of Moses. That man could see I believe that man, I mean, they said when he come off the mountain, we'll do everything you say, Lord. But you know, the law was so great, so strict, so straight, that it, it magnified man's sin. It let him see how exceedingly sinful he was. But for me as an individual, you know, the law come in, and it was through and by the work of the Holy Spirit that I saw my sin. The law was there all along. My condemnation was there all along. I hadn't believed so I was condemned already. 
But the law was brought, and by the work of the Holy Spirit, the law was preached unto me, and I saw my sin, and saw myself as sinful, and saw the wickedness, and saw how exceeding sinful that I really was by the work and the work of the Holy Spirit in bringing the law to me. You know, I wasn't aware of it. It came in stealthily. It came in privately. It came in alongside, and it showed me my wickedness, showed me my un- godliness showed me my true condition showed me that I was dead toward God and the wrath of God was on me the wrath of God was waiting on me but where sin abounded where sin where sin abounded grace did much more exceedingly abound that as sin has reigned and the word says unto I believe you might say that it hath reigned in death. How, how does sin? I believe you could say it like this. The completion of sin is death. Sin, that sin hath reigned unto death. So what did sin do? Sin ruled over man, brought him to death. Sin ruled over man, and brought him to a place that he's going to die eternally. But, the Bible says, even so, or but, yet, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. So, what's going to bring about this righteousness unto eternal life? Grace. Grace. It was grace that quickened us. It was grace that saved us. In this writing, in this writing right here, Paul says this: even even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. You have been saved. You are saved. There is not a work to be done in your salvation. That work is done. This is a finished work. And it's because of the great love wherein God loved us that He had pity on us and He gave us grace. He gave us the goodness and the mercy and the favor of God where we had no hope, no desire, no desire, no want to, to be helped of God. We were going down that road of sin and rebellion and sin was reigning unto death. I was headed toward hell, but God come by with grace and revealed unto me my condition and gave me a want to to come to Christ. Never wanted to before. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherein He loved us. So what kind of love? Well, I've already mentioned it, but in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter... 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Verse 3. 31. God hath appeared of old unto me, saying, 
Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love because of that. You see that? I've loved you with an everlasting love, therefore, because of my everlasting love. As Joseph read that text in the 17th chapter of John, Lord, let them know that you love them like you loved me. Has there ever been a time that God did not love the Son? He loved us with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. It means to lift out. It means to seize. It means to drag. Preacher, I don't like that. Well, that's the same word that that it's used. That's the Old Testament, I realize that. But it's that word when they drew Paul in before the magistrates or drew Paul to have him flogged. It's that same word. So it's not a wooing. I tell you, it's a work of God that will make you realize you're going to die and go to hell. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, He'll bring you unto Him. By the work of the Holy Spirit, you'll want to be saved. By the work of the Holy Spirit, you'll have a desire to get out from under the wrath of God. With loving kindness have I drawn thee. Again, I will build thee, and thou shalt be built. What other kind of love? What, what, what could you say? What kind of love? So, with an everlasting love, I believe you could say this, for everyone that opposed God, was against God, rebelled against God, You know what kind of love? A love that sought me out. He sought me and bought me. He searched after me. He came to where I was. In that 40th Psalm, you know what the Bible said? He came. He came to the pit. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. He must, if He brought me up, He must have come to where I was. So this is a love that seeks after. This is a love that is longing after. This is a love that is going to accomplish. This is not a love that hopes you're going to be saved. This is not a love that, that, that is, is wooing you and hoping and, 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 and doing all that He can to bring you unto Himself. I tell you, this is a love. And with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Why? This great love wherein He loved us. There's no other way around it. No other way around that. So what other kind of love? I believe you could say this in in, uh, 2 Corinthians. It's a love. I tell you, it's a love in, in Isaiah chapter 53. It's a love that is a love that is brought about with nothing, no input from me. It is a love for someone else. It is a love that suffers. It's a love that though I was out of the will of God, though I was headed toward hell, though I was a sheep, the whole multitude has gone astray. For in His great love He loved us and drew us unto Himself. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, I tell you what a seeking love. He says this, And He hath made Him to be sin for us. What about that? that God so loved us that He made His Son to be sin, that you and I, who were sinners, 
He without any sin, that we could be made righteousness through His love, through His favor, through His work, through His salvation, through His suffering, our stripes are healed. We're, we're healed. We're brought into the family of God. We've been sought and bought and brought into the family of God because of the great love, a love that suffered and took my place. That's the kind of love. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. This same love. Verse 1, 2, and 3. We were adopted into the family of God. Or we could look at it from John's perspective. We were born again. So if I'm adopted, you know, there must have been somebody that didn't want me. There must have been nothing in me that would give, give God any reason to look toward me. There must not have been anything in me that brought me to a place that God would desire because of what I had done. But I tell you what He did. He brought us out of the pit. He brought us out of the hands of Satan. He brought us out of the hands of the strong man. He brought us out of the wrath of God and exalted us and set us with Christ in the heavenly places. You talk about love. Now that's, that's love, isn't it? What love? That He hath quickened us together. He hath raised us up together. Now, if that's really true, if that's really true, and hath raised us up together, when did He get up? When you got saved? Is that when He got up? Or did He get up on Sunday morning after being crucified on Friday evening? So in the work, the eternal work of the Godhead, when did you get up? See, he's talking to people that are saved in time, but he's showing us the work of God. He's showing us how God worked this. He says to us in Ephesians chapter 1, you know, people don't like this, but the Bible says, in chapter 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. Does He work all things, really? He works all things. He works all things. He works all things in giving Jesus Christ and all things that brought you to salvation. It was God working in that. And He hath by the Word of God, and hath raised us up together. So, He hath quickened us. He's brought us up. When we were dead, He loved us first. He loved us with a great love on the count, on account of His love, to satisfy His love, to exhibit His love. 
He had mercy upon us and quickened us while we were dead in sins. And hath raised us up together. Not only did He quicken us, He didn't just make us alive that we could die in our sins and go to hell. He made us alive and has raised us up together with Christ and has seated us. Where are we? Where's Christ? Are you in Him? If you're in Him where He is, that's where you are. And hath raised us up together and made us... So let's look at it real close. And has raised... Who's He talking about? He's talking about those people that were dead. Right? Hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Who are we sitting with? We're sitting with Him. Where is He? He's come and done His work. He has come at the will of God. He's come at His own will. He's come to carry out the purposes of God. He's come to save His sheep. He's come to save, and Matthew come to save His people. So when Christ got up and God seated Him, the Bible said He hath raised us up together and made us. And made us sit together. So are we there as well. (laughs) It's a finished work. It is a finished work. He hath made us sit together in heavenly places. Thank God for this work of God that is an absolute, complete salvation by the workings of God. Verse 1, 2, and 3, absolutely hopeless and helpless in our condition. But God quickened us, raised us. What condition? Dead in our sins. Dead in our trespasses. On the road to hell. No desire for God. Raised us up and have made us sit together. That means to have to have a seat together with. Who do I have a seat with? I tell you that God, through the work of Jesus Christ, hath made us sit together in heavenly places. Give a seat in company with. He's made us to sit together with Christ. We are sitting with Christ. According to Colossians chapter number 3, a very familiar Scripture I know, he said, For we are dead... For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Chapter number 2. He says this in the Sunday school this morning. We were talking, Donna was talking about circumcision. And Paul says in chapter 2 verse 11, In whom also, we're complete in Him, verse 10. Verse 11, In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hand, in putting off to cut away the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, wherein you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead. So we were buried with Him, but when He got up, we got up with Him. We died with Him. He says in Romans that we were planted with Him. He was planted in what? In the earth, in death. 
we died with Him. We died with Him, and when He rose from the dead, we were raised with Him. You see, we may not be able to see that in time. But Paul is relaying what happened and why the Ephesian church, why they're saved. It's God's work. It's God's grace. It's God's love. It's God in Jesus Christ. It's God's offering. It's God's atonement. It's God's ransom. It's God's love and favor toward you and I. That's the only reason that we're saved. So He quickened us together. Romans 6 and verse 11 raised us up together. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. He says, Likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed than to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that it should obey the lust, it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments, so my life hid away with Christ and God. You know, I am dead to sin through this body. This body brought me under sin, but that, that body, that body was buried with Christ. That body was raised again. Not literally, but spiritually. We were already dead. But the law and the Holy Ghost came that we might realize our state and see a need to come to Christ. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. 8 and 10 in Romans. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your more... Isn't that what He's talking about in Ephesians? That we were quickened? But if the Spirit of Him that dwelleth, of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So there's already been a spiritual resurrection and there will be a bodily resurrection. There's already been a quickening. And this, this man that was under the control and under the reign and under the rule of sin, that man has been delivered. That man has been raised. That man has been uh, delivered from his sin. That man has been delivered from guilt. That man has been delivered from the wrath of God through and by the operation of God quickening you, giving you faith, and by grace are you saved. You have been saved by the grace of God and the operation of the Holy Work, the work, the Trinity. One more time in Colossians 2.13. We've already alluded to this, but listen one more time. Colossians 2.13. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him. So God quickened Christ. Third day He rose from the dead. What about you? You're the body. 
You're saved. You're the body. The head got up. It did not get up without a body. I'm not saying I got saved. I'm not saying I believed. I'm not saying I heard the gospel in eternity past. But in the work of God, that's the way that it happened. And in time, I heard the gospel. In time, the law brought me under conviction. In time, the work of the Holy Spirit allowed me to see and to realize I needed a Savior. In time, the Holy Spirit drew me to put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, In time, the Holy Spirit convinced me that I was going to die and go to hell. And it also convinced me that Jesus paid the price for my sin. In time. This is an Ephesian church that has been saved in time. But the work of God... You see, God's working, and we don't even know it. God's working before man ever came on the scene. God is working all things after the counsel of His own will. Colossians 2, verse 12, buried with Him. Ye are risen with Him, who hath raised Him, and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him. There's our confidence. We're in Him. By the work of God.